you're with Julian on the brown note and uh, first piece for the year a review of Wonder Woman 1984 Patty Jenkins has had a very very strange career she burst onto the scene with the film Monster in 2003 which got Charlize Theron an Oscar playing um, Eileen Warnos the female serial killer um, abused all her life prostitute from the age of 13 working the streets ended up killing six or seven of her clients and eventually uh sent to i think she got lethal injection in around 2002 and then they made a film about her life which is nearly brilliant uh it's a little bit of a mess um and it's curious they focus so much on the relationship but I suppose it would have been fairly unpalatable just to have focused on what happened to her leading up to it, but it was still a hugely memorable film, massively put her on the map, and she didn't direct another film for 14 years, and even her television work's been sporadic. Arrested Development, Entourage 5, The Killing, um, Betrayal, but it wasn't like she was caught up, you know, making the series Breaking Bad from start to finish. It seems to have been more sporadic. Well, she came back with a bang in 2017 with the film Wonder Woman, which was a dramatic success, particularly as it was from the DC universe, who seemed, next to Marvel, to have been an unmitigated disaster. No matter which direction they push in, their films are awful. Batman vs. Superman, terrible. Justice League, in a different way, terrible. Uh, Suicide Squad, terrible. I even slated Birds of Prey. It nearly made my worst films of the year, and that's one of the best reviewed. Aquaman, okay. That was pretty decent. I quite enjoyed it. And Wonder Woman came out, and it was a phenomenon. And it was also Marvel's biggest mistake is not following the character of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and giving her a standalone movie five years before that as um, it became sort of like the de facto first female superhero film, uh, I think ahead of Captain Marvel. And it was a really good film. It was a brilliant film. And Gal Gadot, who had uh, impressed me immensely in her Fast and Furious films, uh, and had pretty much given up on acting. And it would be fair to say at this stage, her looks were probably more well-regarded than anything else about her and uh, what looks they are. Um, but she was brilliant as the uh, guileless Wonder Woman. It was a breath of fresh air and a really good screenplay, really good direction. Everything about it was spot on. Uh, Chris Pine was an excellent offsider. Great to see a female lead and a male handbag character. But everything about it worked. It was a really human and very feminine superhero st- story. Hugely gorgeous to look at, not just her, but the whole film. And it, it, it just the screenplay and the direction was spot on. The uh, sequel to that has followed yet more failure from DC and arrived just before Christmas, Wonder Woman 1984. So Wonder Woman 1 was set in the First World War where Diane, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, left her Amazons behind on this mythical island where no one can see them, where they're hiding from the god of war, um, and that whole storyline wound up with her in the midst of World War One and ending up fighting the god of war. She was uh, created by Zeus as a god killer to specifically kill the god of war, played by David Thwellis. Uh I like that whole denouement in the film. Some people said it was um, the weak part of the film, but 
I kind of liked it. Um, I kind of thought it had a bit of punch to it. Um, overall, great film. This one starts in 1984. Um, apparently, she's just been completely silent for the last 60 years. Uh, one of a few things wrong with this film. Um, she works for an archaeologist's firm looking at artefacts because that's what you do when you're a god and you can save the world and apparently have no interest in World War II or anything else that's happening. You work in an archaeologist's office and the uh, person she works alongside is the wonderful Kristen Wiig, uh, best known as a comedy actress in films like Bridesmaid, but a brilliant, brilliant comedy actress. Welcome to Me is well worth a watch just for her. She's amazing in it. She's a klutz and she's introduced early on in an appalling moment, which is basically if you've ever seen some of the worst cinema in history has been Diane Keaton's comedy prattful romantic comedies. And Kristen Wiig's character comes on with a suitcase and jumbles around and drops all the stuff over the floor. And it was just like, are you paying homage to this? It was a terrible moment. But basically, she is a klutz. No one likes her. She's anonymous. She's not as pretty. And she falls in love with Gal Gadot and the fact that she's so beautiful and confident and cool. Um, and they find these artifacts, which um, basically at the start of the film, um, we see a, a flashback to the island when um, Diane is a little girl and she's in this sort of race to become, you know, the top warrior, at top Amazon warrior in their Olympics, uh, and she cheats and doesn't get it. So it's like this metaphor for the film that you can't take shortcuts to getting what you want. But then we jump forward to 1984, and the whole thing's all, you know, retro style, and there's this robbery in a shopping mall uh, where Diane reveals herself to be Wonder Woman and then miraculously removes... It, nothing makes sense here. She removes all sort of um, knowledge of herself by knocking the cameras out, which have already recorded what's going on. Um, but they steal all these artifacts. Well, they try and steal all these artifacts. Uh, and they find out that one of them is actually a very powerful artifact. Um, it's a good luck charm. You hold it and you wish for something. Now, the Christian Wig character wishes that she was like Diane. And the punchline there is she wants to be as beautiful as Gal Gadot and as cool and as confident. But when she wishes for her, she doesn't realise she's getting all her superpowers as well. So her life changes dramatically. And the other character is Pedro Pascal. He knows about this device and he seduces Christian Wig to get it. He's a con man. He's tried his whole life to be better than he is. Comes from an abusive background. And he has set up these oil companies all over America which are failing and they're a few days away from him being jailed for fraud and so on. So he wants this dreamstone to wish on to make himself successful. The, and the third of these is Gal Gadot herself. She spends an interminable amount of time, apparently the previous 60 years, pining over Chris Pine and has never got over him. So she wishes for him back. All of this should have taken place in the first 20 or 30 minutes of the film and it doesn't. It drags over well past the hour mark for all of this to sort of kick in. Um, she wishes for Chris Pine. He comes back inhabiting another man's body but she can see his face so if he stands in front of a mirror he sees this other guy but as far as the viewer goes we see Chris Pine for virtually the whole film um, and that's her wish. 
The kicker is the Dreamstone was created by a god of lies and the purpose was to make people wish for things and then they lose something like the soul stone that's most precious to them. So in Diana's case, she begins to lose her powers as Wonder Woman uh, and other people lose something that's tremendously important to them as a loss for the one thing that they think they want. Um, so it's all sort of metaphysical and it, it works out what you most would lose. Um, even though you tell yourself you really want something, it actually takes what's most important from you. And that's the setup for the movie. So the uh, Pedro Pascal character becomes ever more powerful as he misuses this device and um, seeks world domination. And Christian Wiig's character becomes ever more cold and, and ruthless and won't give up her powers because she's now this superhuman who is a rival to Gal Gadot, and that's the virtually the whole story. Uh, lots to say about this film. Now, it is perhaps explained the term hot mess to me more than any other thing in history. Um, there, it is more flawed than any film I have ever seen at this level in the modern era. The flaws are gigantic, chasms, Grand Canyon style. Um, the, the biggest two are the direction and the writing. Patty Jenkins made me feel like Wonder Woman was a fluke here. Um, the writing and the direction are terrible. Um, the writing makes the film incredibly long for no reason. It's not got a very long story, but it also pads it out to an extent that the first hour doesn't really have a lot happening in it. Um, it's very repetitious, and it's like we just spend time with the characters. Um, it's all over the shop tonally. Um, the opening is, is so smug. Um, there's a real smugness that comes through from the characters back on the Amazonian island, which I found very hard to stomach. And then the whole shopping mall sequence that follows it, where Wonder Woman's fighting the robbers in the shopping mall, is so cloying. I almost turned this film off at the start. Um, it, within 20 minutes, I'd had enough of it. It was just too, it was really bombastically smug self-satisfied when the Amazons, the way they're smiling at each other. The little kid I found to be really obnoxious. Um, and I thought, oh my God, I just was in this nightmare that they would actually make a TV spin-off where it's just a little kid. And I thought, oh my God, like little orphan nanny job. Oh, Curly Sue sort of thing, but she's got superpowers. Um, and then the shopping mall scene was so cheesy. It was like it wanted to be a pastiche or something, but it wasn't. It was actually genuinely being... I was expecting someone to say, who is that masked man at some point? Which, if you weighted it right, might have come across as a comical. But it actually came across like they were really genuinely meaning it. Um, and from then on, like there's this huge gulf of nothing happening. And then just at the point things are kicking off, we get this whole love story thing with Chris Pine where they're goofing around and it's at the exact moment you've been begging for the movie to lift off. Uh, the main plot points regarding the Dreamstone are starting to happen. And then we just pause for half an hour while we sit around with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine talking about things. The whole 1984 thing, I think, was a mistake. I think you've got to have a reason for it. Instead, it is jarring. Um, how many films have we seen do retro What's the number one decade they do? The 1980s. We've been down this road a lot, and to see Chris Pine and Gal Gadot go through, you know, 
isn't it funny how different things are, how the fashions are, how the hairstyles are? It's so old hat. It's just not needed at all. Somewhere after that, it picks up a bit. It picks up um, for about an hour. It gets a lot better. Um, it gets better because the story actually starts progressing. And that's way over the hour mark before we even get to that point. Um, the whole denouement is very, very bombastic and everything gets lost in it. It is just like this blitzkrieg of special effects where all characters that they spend so much time building um, just get lost. Um, th th if the direction, like the direction is, is just as bad as the writing, but the writing is so uneven, the script's terrible and it just jumps from place to place without any thought for i mean i really respected the screenplay for wonder woman there's no sort of progressive thought here it's like they will just move into a new arena and completely change the tone again uh, and that happens throughout the whole movie but there's sort of like a, an hour or so where things get more frenetic and gradually build emotionally where where it sort of is a lot better to watch i found it a lot more enjoyable to watch throughout that sort of one hour to well probably an hour and a quarter to two and a quarter hours in uh, and then it sort of comes down in this crash of Blitzkrieg special effects and some really cheesy stuff happens at the end as well. Um, this film is so full of flaws. Um, I've even written some down. I mean, I, th I found the start of the film quite jarring, even though you could say that the little girl is a little bit older and therefore better. Wonder Woman 1 started with the young Diana as a child not being allowed to be a warrior. That was the whole point. And eventually they renege and start training her. This one starts with her being the best warrior. Um, and you could argue maybe a couple of years has gone by. But it's tonally the opposite of the first film. Suddenly she's this superhero warrior that beats all of the adults. Uh, and I found it very jarring and cringy. Um, Chris Pine inhabiting another person's body. Massively problematic. What happens to the other guy's soul? Or his consciousness. I mean, it's hugely problematic. She's having sex with this other guy. They've just taken his life. And no one says anything about it. No one cares about this other guy. No one ever thinks for a second. Who is this person? He's supposed to be a good-looking, successful engineer. Apparently, he doesn't know anyone. Apparently, he's got no family or friends or love interests of his own because they just don't care about him existing at all. It makes no sense. They just... Chris Pine's in his body, that's okay. Apparently no one's looking for this guy, he doesn't work or anything. Um, one of the longest sequences of absolute plot hole mayhem and um, jarringness is like they, they want to get to Egypt. So they walk through this facility with a swipe card from Diana. It's a top-notch secure facility. No one's there. They just walk through with a swipe card, which obviously records who you are. You're on camera. They don't encounter any other staff. They walk out the back of the facility, and there is a jet fighter fueled up and ready to go. And there's no one there. They just get on board, and within five seconds, this thing is ready to fly. Now, his last flying experience was in 1917 in, like, a biplane. How is he capable of flying a modern jet fighter? And he does. He drives cars and trucks, even though he's never done so. Not, not after the 1920s, he hasn't. And he can, he can fly a jet fighter. He can prep it and launch it within two or three seconds, which can't happen anyway. And apparently this thing is fueled and ready to go. 
And how do they get to Egypt? What do they do? They just find an airport and land at it. And then they come back and it's like they just did the same thing in reverse. Like none of it makes sense. Um, and she even says to him, oh, we, we need to steal a jet because you don't have a passport. The guy probably does have a passport. Chris Pine, he's not Chris Pine, is he? It's like they just forgot for a second that he was inhabiting someone else's body. Why would this other guy not have a passport? You didn't check. Um, early on, the villain has to touch people and grab their hands. And that's how it works. They make a wish while he's holding their hands. Later on, he broadcasts it over the TV to the world because protons. It makes no sense. I'm giving away spoilers, so stop watching if you don't want spoilers, but it's not a suspense film, and it's been out for a while. Nothing happens to the villains at the end. They just walk away. They just, like, nearly destroyed the world, and they walk away as though nothing had happened. They just go back to their normal lives. It's bizarre. Where is the Dreamstone? The main character inhabits this Dreamstone that gives everyone their wishes, and then he gives it up. No one looks for this device that has throughout history caused almost Armageddon. They don't even talk about where it is. She flies. She starts flying for no reason. They make a bit of an effort with a, a whippy situation where she's flying through the air with a whip. And then she's just flying around for no reason. What did she do for 60 years? She spent 60 years since World War I moping about Chris Pine. Did she not notice World War II? Apparently no one has seen her in this whole time. She's new to the world. They don't even know she exists. She has been keeping a very low profile for 60 years studying archaeology. It doesn't make sense. The President of the United States gives the Pedro Pascal character the keys to the biggest weapon system on Earth, top security weapon system, by saying so. That would never happen. It's like the president going, oh, can you now, um, I'm not president, give this guy the keys to the nuclear warheads. And everyone goes along with it. Everyone helps him out, even when he's destroying the world. They still don't stop. They still do whatever he tells them to. How is Cheetah as powerful as Wonder Woman, the Christian Wig character? Because they're both supposed to have the same powers, but Wonder Woman trained her whole life with the best warriors on Earth. Christian Wig's been a office body and she's able to fight diana in fact when diana's lost her powers and when diana's got her powers back she fights her exactly the same as though none of it mattered she wears this armor she's got this armor that makes her indestructible she doesn't put it on when she's lost her powers she puts it on when she's got her powers back and the armor is immediately destroyed and she flies with it even though she's already been flying there are so many flaws from start to finish that a few days after you've watched this film, you've just gone, absolutely nothing in that film made sense. It is so lazy that they just throw ideas up and they never bother to feature the context or whether they're compatible with previous things that have happened in the film or the laws of physics. There is no internal logic to this film. It's one of the most flawed films I've ever seen. But the number one worst thing about this film for me, and I will say this, I enjoyed about an hour of it. So I did enjoy about an hour of it. But the number one worst thing about this, the best thing about Wonder Woman, the original, was that it was feminine. And that's what I liked the most about it. It had this mother feminine ideology behind it. Every male superhero that comes through is like this narcissistic broken man 
like Batman, that has his own personal demons that make him become a superhero. They're very selfish, mostly, superheroes. They seem to do things because they were hurt personally or their family was hurt personally. Wonder Woman just was this holistic Mother Earth character that saw the suffering of civilians in World War I in the trenches being massacred and her heart couldn't take it, so she fought for humanity. She didn't do a single thing for herself. It was such a feminine idealisation of a, of a superhero. This film ignores every single feminine aspect of Wonder Woman. It may as well be any. It may as well be Iron Man two. It, it has no bearing on the film that she's a woman anymore, and that is the biggest flaw. So, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is a film that I enjoyed in stretches. It is probably the most flawed film of the modern era, and I'm going to give it three and a half out of ten. And everything about it, the writing, the direction, the the loss of everything that made the first film special, and the unbelievable litany of flaws and contrivances and plot holes uh, I, I think make it a really big fail of a film so three and a half out of ten for Wonder Woman 1984 and this is from Frank's Wild Years by Tom Waits from the late 80s